We have got our opponent for the first round, well, Michigan State's first round, I should say, of the Big Ten Tournament. Yes, it's going to be the Buckeyes again. And then, well, what does the rest of the Big Ten Tournament hold for us? And, well, it's not just the basketball Big Ten Tournament we have to talk about. We talk hockey with Jeremy Dewar at the end of the show as well. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked On Spartans listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Locked On Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Or, hey, really, we're going to be doing this too. You know, over the weekend, if Michigan State wins their first round game, okay, we'll have a nice little episode for you. If they win on Saturday, nice little episode for you. And then all the way up to Selection Sunday, you can find all sorts of Michigan State content here. Just like you will on today's show, but before going any further, hey, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Gang, um... Okay, just like we did last weekend, we're going to be facing Ohio State on Friday because those squirrely Buckeyes, yes, yeah, 73-69 to 69 against Iowa. Michigan State will not be able to extract revenge out of those Hawkeyes for what happened that fateful afternoon because, well, we got full Fran already just melting down in March. But, uh, hey, we're not here to talk about the Hawkeyes. Here to talk about the Buckeyes and what this has to do with Friday's opener for our Spartans. About 2.30-ish. Um, and you know what? During the game, which was a great game actually, in, in the second half, really back and forth, really good track meet. Um, our listener reached out and said, hey, do we want to face this white-hot Ohio State team? Or would we rather face this seemingly mediocre Iowa team that will just lost as 11.5 point favorites on their senior night? And my answer was Iowa for two reasons. One was the rational reason, the basketball reason, and the other one was just for the irrational fan reason. But if it was Iowa, that would have been a surefire quad one game for Michigan State. On a neutral court, anyone that's ranked between 1 and 50 in the net rankings is a quad one win. Right now, Michigan State has six of those already on the season. They also have six quad two wins. That's pretty good nationally. That that stacks up. Um, It's not like the best, but... It's in the top 25-ish amongst the country. So, Ohio State, though. Hmm. Could they actually be a quad one win? Now, how is that possible? A team that was so bad this season that they started their Big Ten tournament on Wednesday. How is that possible that they could be a quad one win? Despite their bad record on paper, the metrics love them. The net rankings love the Ohio State Buckeyes. They went into this game against Iowa as the number 57th rated team in the net. After this win against Iowa, they will be right on the cusp of that top 50 cutoff to be a quad one win. Now let's say Michigan State beats them. Does that slide them outside the top 50? Are we just playing a whole game of ping pong back and forth from that quad one to quad two line with the Ohio State Buckeyes? We might be, but there is a chance this game is a quad one win chance for Michigan State. I'm not chalking this up as a victory. And, you know, you could probably tell that right now with how hot Ohio State's playing, but we'll get to that more in a little bit. The second reason that, hey, I wanted to face Iowa is, of course, to exercise the demons from what happened in Iowa City two Saturdays ago. Or, yeah, it was Saturday. Um, but, hey, regardless, not important anymore. The boys have looked good since. 
Iowa can't necessarily say the same, but hey, that's the two reasons I wanted to face Iowa. But just like we talked about, it looks like that Ohio State might actually be a good opportunity to start building on MSU's seed line. Because there's two missions that you have this weekend. It's one, to win the Big Ten Tournament. Okay, that goes without saying. And then number two, also keep climbing up that ladder for the seed line. Because right now, Michigan State, per bracket matrix, which uh, compiles 92 different bracketologies on the internet, uh, the average seed for Michigan State right now is a seven seed. And uh, according to all these bracketologists, Michigan State is the second best seven seed. The only one better than them is Duke. Duke, of course, took care of business against Pitt earlier on Thursday as well, so they might be climbing a little higher and higher. Uh, also above them on the sixth line is Creighton, okay? Texas A&M, who's looking good. Kentucky looking good. And TCU, who's also looking good. So will a win over Ohio State automatically propel MSU to the sixth line? Probably not with a lot of help. But if you win that game, well, then you have a really good chance for you on Saturday as well. So if you can get the sixth line... God, that just looks so much better than a 7. Uh, because, of course, in the 7 line, you get the number 2 seed. Whereas, if you're the 6, you win your first round game, you most likely get the 3 seed. And I think that between the 2 seeds this year and the 3 seeds this year, I think there's a world of difference. I, I think throughout the season, the 1s and the 2s are pretty closely bunched together. And then there's the wide gap between, well, you know, the 2 and the 3 seeds. So, that's just, you know, me spitballing right there. Let's get to what this Ohio State Buckeye team is all about. Um, and they are about just defying their record. Uh, on Ken Palm, on Bart Torvik, on the net ranking, they were ranked really high despite not even being 500. And these last two days, actually, you know, the last two weeks are really why, perhaps, because they did look really good in their two games ahead of Michigan State's senior day game. Okay, they, they popped Illinois by double digits. They popped Maryland by double digits. And now, well, okay, they looked really good against Wisconsin. Okay, they dominated them for about 33-ish, 35-ish minutes of the game. The final score was not indicative of what happened in that game. They were up 20-25. Wisconsin went in this great run. That still wasn't good enough. And then what we just saw today on Thursday is that they were able to keep up in a track meet with Iowa. Um, and they, yeah, looked like a legitimate team. So, what has happened <laughs> to Ohio State? Um, I think first and foremost, it's Bruce Thornton. Okay, their, their freshman guard, who actually had a really nice game against Michigan State. He put up 20 points against Michigan State. And in Bruce Thornton's last five games, he has put up double-digit points in those five games, Two of those being 20-point performances, like I said, against Michigan State. However, now we're going to start talking about why Michigan State might be a little happy to see Ohio State. Is It's hard to win three games in a row in three days, namely because of the wear and tear you put on the legs. Right now, Ohio State has six players that have played more than 50 combined minutes over Wednesday and Thursday night, and two of those players actually have gone above 60 combined minutes. Okay, that's Justice Suing, and it's also Bruce Thornton, the freshman guard we just talked about. So, if I'm Michigan State, I just see this young kid, Bruce Thornton, log more than 60 minutes on his legs. Okay, might be a little tired, a little fatigued going into the third day of a college tournament. You're also going up against an incredibly tough backcourt defensively in A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, whoever they want to throw on him. That might make for a tough day for Bruce Thornton. So the fact that, okay, well, the point guard that's kind of been turning the gears here for Ohio State, hmm, 
alright, maybe this is going to be a good matchup. And really, this is nothing new that we uh, haven't talked about before an Ohio State matchup the other two times this season. That Ohio State, on, on paper, they match up pretty well for you, right? And I, I, I don't think that's jinxing things. I think there's proof in that pudding here the last two games when they beat Ohio State by about 20 at their place and then just beat them on senior day. But Ohio State is pretty guard predicated, and Michigan State's strength is guard play, both offensively and defensively. You don't want to see, as a Michigan State fan, a team with a good center. And their center position is manageable, okay? Uh, Felix Akpara, freshman, okay? Big body kid. He might go on to have a pretty good career at Ohio State, but Michigan State's been able to keep him at bay the last two matchups. And also, the last two games for Akpara, nine rebounds total and five points total as well. So, really similar stats and you know, what we've seen Mahdi put up over two game stretches this year. Like, decent rebounder, not really a scoring threat. So, anytime you could face that, okay, us state fans are going to be really thrilled because as we get into March Madness, as we get closer to Selection Sunday, we will be praying for to whatever god that um, that anyone believes in, that we don't get matched up against a team with good center play. And luckily, okay, we don't have to face Robracha of Iowa, a guy that has had pretty solid games against Michigan State this year. We get to face a manageable front court. So there we go. That's a little preview. It's a lot of what we already talked about uh, the other two times against Ohio State. But, hey, it could be a quad one win. Who is to say? We're going to be talking more about the future for the Big Ten tournament, who Michigan State's potential next matchup could be should they beat Ohio State. Again, it's going to be a tough matchup. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites per FanDuel. That's right. We're here to talk about FanDuel now. America's number one sports book, and you know already that it is the greatest time of the year to get in on the gambling action. So do so at FanDuel. And best of all, hey, if you are a new customer of FanDuel, you get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. That is back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So if you're feeling spicy about Michigan State minus 3.5 against those Buckeyes, well, if it's your first bet, hey, go, go big on it if you want to. You're going to get it back in bonus bets even if it loses. So don't miss the chance to get in on your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more about the trends and actions going on this whole March Madness season. That's right, gang. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Go check it out. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, as we go beyond this Big Ten tournament, because, look, it's it's the last-ish episode of the weekend. I mean, we'll have smaller ones um, throughout the weekend, no matter what happens. If Michigan State loses immediately, keeps on winning. But this is, like, the last longer episode, so we'll just talk future of the Big Ten tournament. And um, so if Michigan State is to beat Ohio State, uh, they will be taking on a really good opportunity to get a good win against Purdue. Now, this is something that we talked about with Joe Cook Sugart of 131sports.com, okay, one of the best bracketologists out there, is that it might take the first game against Ohio State and then another win against Purdue, and then that should, could have Michigan State on the sixth line. So, yes, as we talk about building up the seed, that's going to be Michigan State's best shot right there. Um, also, it, maybe Purdue loses, and I will have to apologize here. I was pretty busy. Uh, today, so I didn't get to watch the early game, but um, I th I can presume 
Michigan won that game against Rutgers. So having that third matchup against Michigan could be also pretty big as well. Um, again, I, I didn't get to watch. I wasn't able to break that down. So I don't know what's different with Michigan now. But I think it goes without saying that they probably won that game. Uh, again, they have two first-round draft picks. Uh, they brought back uh, the Ski Mask Merchant, who was a first-team All-Big Ten player. So anytime you have NBA talent like that, and a big man that, you know, has certainly developed greatly through his career at Michigan under such a great coach, you can assume that they're going to win their first round Big Ten tournament game, especially if it's in like an 8 versus 9 game, and especially if it's against a team like Rutgers that has lost 6 of their last 8. I mean, Rutgers has looked terrible in the last few weeks. They have gone from the 6th seed to almost falling out of the tournament, and since, well, Michigan most likely beat them, um, yeah, they're probably out of the tournament right now. And also, Michigan, too, is in a similar situation, okay, as Rutgers. They had to win their game absolutely, positively to save face on anything this season, especially after entering as a top 20 team in the country. And that's after all the talent I just named off there, too. And that's not to factor in all the great work that they've done in the transfer portal as well. You know, keeping guys like Frankie Collins, keeping guys like Colin Castleton, keeping guys like Brandon Johns, keeping guys like David DeJulius. I mean, look, Jawan Howard is brought in here, and a lot of the fans were clamoring that he knows how to build a roster, he knows how to recruit, and I don't even want to start thinking about next year's recruiting class for them. I'm sure it's loaded with kids in the top 75, if not the top 50. But anyway, let's focus on the now. All four of those kids I just named that are still certainly on the team because they have, yeah, like if they weren't on the team, they wouldn't be like averaging double digits on their new team anywhere. And they definitely can't use, I don't know, two competent point guards and Frankie Collins and David DeJulius or, you know, another strong four man and Brandon Johns, who God, imagine if he left somewhere and started making hay, scoring in double figures. But again, that's all just not happening because they're doing great work. Uh, at Michigan. And with this win, too, it's just another notch in the belt for Juwan Howard. Another great Big Ten tournament postseason win. And I got to admit, like when all the Michigan fans started talking about, hey, Juwan Howard's better than Izzo already, even though he's been here for five minutes, like, oh, watch, that's right, Sparty, watch out. Here comes old Juwan. He's going to be thrashing through the Big Ten for years to come. I mean, well, yeah, sure. I, I know the season didn't go according to plan. They didn't get this big seed. You know, they're not going to be a top four seed in March. But at least with, again, NBA talent and another first team all Big Ten player, at least they got to the tournament. That was probably cemented with their win over Rutgers. Because also, like, if you look across the, the street, if you look at Michigan State, I mean, Tom Izzo was able to get his team in 2021 across the finish line to the postseason with not really any NBA players, without any first-team All-Big Ten players. So, yeah, I mean, if Juwan Howard is better than Tom Izzo, and Tom Izzo is still able to get to the tournament even without top-flight talent, it, again, it probably goes without saying that things are going pretty okay in Michigan. Again, I, I didn't get to watch the game. really made me sick. Um, I did bet on Michigan on FanDuel. Uh, America's number one sports book, and uh, I'm going to check my account after this to see how much money I actually won there, because again, it was a mortal lock, and I was told personally by the free press that, hey, even though they lost these one possession games, even though they've lost these overtime games against Illinois, Indiana, that things are getting better actually, and the only thing that matters is that they have improved off their quad four loss against two 
a 10 and 21 Central Michigan team. So as long as they've kept improving after that self-inflicted adversity that was brought upon themselves, well, how can you not improve enough to beat a Rutgers team that was 6-8? and eight? So anyway, this is a long way of saying that no matter who Michigan State faces, if it's Purdue on Saturday, if they beat Ohio State, that'll be a good opportunity. If it is going to be Michigan, the big, bad trio of Jet Howard, Kobe Bufkin, Hunter Dickinson, and then their already Hall of Fame enshrined head coach over in Ann Arbor, that could be a really good game too. It's going to be a lot of emotion, okay? Season series is split right now, but that will be another good momentum shifter into the rest of March Madness. So, um... If I was incorrect about anything, I'd just let me know, I guess. Lockdownspartans at gmail.com. I don't presume I am because, God, Rutgers could barely score above 50 lately. And imagine not being able to score above 50 points in March, especially in a must-win game. I can only assume Rutgers didn't do that. All right, we're going to be getting to Jeremy Dewar to talk some hockey here in a hot second. But first, need to talk your ear off about Built Bar. That's right, gang. We got Built Bar in the mix here. It's the world's best protein bar. And it says right here in front of me, hey, say it tastes better, or say it tastes as good as a candy bar. I already spoiled it. You know what I'm going to say next. It tastes even better than a candy bar. I will shoot you straight because I care about you. They are great on the taste buds. They are great on the body. Most of these Built Bars, we're just talking 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. You're not going to feel weighed down like you do with your old protein bar you're already eating. Mm -mm. You're going to feel light, but you're going to feel the power that is punched with the 17 grams of protein. And Built Bar also takes care of you with their convenience. That's right. We're talking Built.com. How does it get any easier than the internet? Well... What if you're at Sam's Club? What if you're at Walmart? Just mosey on over to the pharmacy section and get a four-bar box of Built Bars. Any way you slice it, guys, you're going to find a flavor you love at Built.com, Sam's Club, or Walmart. So what are you waiting for? Stock up on your Built Bars! It has been way too long since we've had this rocket of a man on this show. This is Jeremy Dewar. He knows all things MSU hockey. He picks up for what I lack in knowledge of the game. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us ahead of a massive, massive game for our Icy Spartans. How are we doing, man? We doing okay? Doing great, man. I we, we made a habit of doing this right before the Minnesota series. So the superstitious person in me is a little nervous, but we'll, wow. uh, we'll find a way to reverse this jinx here. So that is a really good point. Yeah, we did talk between or ahead of both the Minnesota series so far this year. And that series has not gone necessarily the way that us Spartan fans have wanted it to. MSU is 0-4 against Minnesota. They have been outscored 25-6 to in those four games. But that's not something to be ashamed of. Look, Minnesota, obviously a wagon of a team. They are 25-8-1 overall, 19-4-1 in conference play. Jeremy, look, uh, MSU is on the outside looking in the NCAA tournament. Is it as simple as it's a win and you're in-game, or could a loss even be fine for Michigan state. What, what's the picture looking like here? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, pretty much simply a win and you're in um, like a win, a win clinches it. I, I think I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, so to give people a little bit of background, like there is no selection committee. There is just, okay. a, it's called the pairwise, which, you know, maybe like the net in basketball, but they have to follow it to a T. Uh, they, okay. they don't get any uh, subjectivity that they can add into this. So, so uh, 
right now MSU, I think it's at 16th in the pairwise, um, which 16 teams do get in, but there is one conference that does not have anyone in the top 16. So that auto bid steals a bid. So gotcha. you really got to be top 15 or 14, depending on some uh, conference tournaments and, and any bid steals that come in. So if they win, they jump to 12 is what the numbers have looked like. So that's pretty much safely in. Um, and you know that if you win this week, the loss that you have maybe in the Big Ten Championship is Michigan or Ohio State, who are also top 10 teams. So you're not okay. going to slide uh, with a loss there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like win and they're, they're safely in, to be honest. Like they, they pretty much can feel really safe going into the, the final week. Loss, I think I've seen some people say it's, it's possible, but you probably need so many things to break your way. Gotcha. Um, and the other conference tournaments that I would say it's a, it's a remote chance. Um, and again, you'll, you'll know by the following week, like you can look at the pairwise and know if, uh, if they were able to slide up, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think it's going to take a, a win and in. So it's kind of one, one and go here. And with Minnesota as good as they are, and obviously the track record that these two teams have had against each other this year, is is this looking like a 1980 USA versus Russia? Like, is would it be that big of an upset this weekend, or are the numbers kind of misleading with the goal differential of 25 to six? Is Michigan State like actually maybe a little closer than what is appears to be on paper, if you will? Uh, I mean, so it's not 1980. I'll, I'll say it's not. Bad, okay. But I will okay. Say, that's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the goal differential is pretty fair in a way. Um, I mean, yeah. the Friday night game in Minnesota, like there, we were never in it and it was one of the worst games we played all year. So that, that was, was tough. Deserved, that was tough. That was a deserved <laughs> eight, nothing loss. Um, I will say though, I mean, both, both weekends have had, uh, one of the games MSU has been in pretty heavy like I think they've probably put together about four or five periods out of the 12 that you can say like they outplayed or played even um the difference is you've got to put all three together on the same night you can't have a third period you know I think the the Munn series they had a third period where they got a few goals on Minnesota but they were down four nothing at that point so Minnesota was maybe off the gas a little bit sure Um, but the last time we played them we were up two to one halfway through the game so like you know, it's something that as the season has gone on, like they played them four times and the last game, last game they played them was probably their best time. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, I think it's just about pulling together. You, you need to be basically perfect for, for 60 minutes, um, you know, and you're doing it on the road on an ice sheet that's bigger than what you play on. Yeah. Uh, so it's, the, I think, you know, you, you know, like the how we talk about like football and basketball, like upsets, like you need these certain things to go your way. Like there's like the three things that look like turnovers or they'll get, you know, whatever it is. That's what you need with MSU Saturday. Like you, mm-hmm. Dylan St. Sir needs to have his best night. Minnesota needs to be a little bit off and you have to be extremely disciplined, uh, like no penalties. <laughs> so yeah. uh, if they can do that stuff, like they'll be in a position, um, where they, where they can have a shot, but it's it's a big task. This is a solid team with 14 NHL draft picks, so it is oh, what it is. my God. I knew it was a high number. I didn't know it was 14. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I That's one of the, the quirks I love about hockey, though, is that, like, each arena can have a different size sheet of ice. Like, I, I just I always find that fascinating. And how, how much does that play into the games is that like that massive of a home field advantage to have like the size of ice that you're used to or is that kind of just overblown by casuals like myself uh i mean it might be a little overblown but i will say like it it really messes with you as a defenseman like that's what i okay sure 
really messes with you. Like, so basically, you know, instead of being 200 by a hundred, it's 200 by 85 is an NHL rink. So Mm -hmm. the length is the same, uh, but you go to Minnesota and it's 200 by 100. So there's 15 extra feet you now have on the side. So like as a defenseman, you might be skating with a forward coming at you and go like, okay, I can be about three feet away and my stick will be in the lane. And you kind of know how to start squeezing them over to the boards. Well, here you've got another seven and a half feet to get them over to the boards. So they just, if they got Fun. a wheel, they just go right around you. Right. So yeah, it really plays on your rushes up the ice and it really plays on your power play. And that's where discipline is huge this weekend because you just have to cover all that extra ground down a man in your zone. So I think, you know, for them, if they can find a way to just slow the Minnesota rush in the neutral zone and get it as ugly and as choppy of a game as it can be with discipline, that's what they need to do. Because if this becomes a track meet, it's doing a track meet with extra track (laughs) and they are used to it and you're not. Um, So it's just, I think, yeah, and it's hard. Like for for Michigan State, this is the only team they play that has an Olympic sheet. Uh, Wisconsin is a, is also about this size, but you okay. know, four nights out of the year you play this way, and then all thirty other nights, including every practice you have at home, yeah, is different. So it it is an adjustment, but you know that's where you gotta lean on your seniors. They've played here for four years, so they can at least kind of have a feel for it, but. It's a shame the weather hasn't been colder because you could just get up to Lake Lansing and just practice on a wide open sheet of ice. Like that's how you condition yourself for Olympic ice. Like, hey, how about no boards? But here we are. It's a little too much for that. Yeah. And even even the I don't even know what they've been doing for practice. So they used to do back in the day is when we had the summit here in Lansing, they had an Olympic sheet. So they would practice on the Olympic sheet the week of Wisconsin or Minnesota. Um, but the summit's closed now. So I don't even know how they they basically they don't practice it, uh, it you know so it's uh, i'm sure they'll travel maybe thursday have a have a skate friday have your morning skate saturday yeah. but that's gonna be about it so gotcha even i know the summit i think i've been ice skating eight times in my life and at least five of them have been at the summit so yeah I, hey now look at me belonging there you uh, go hockey conversation. No <laughs> look at me go um so Look, us, us football fans, us basketball fans, we're all about the hot hand. You know, is there a hot hand in hockey right now? Is there someone for the Spartans that's lighting it up? Maybe it'd be the Notre Dame series. Maybe it'd even be before that. Who's Who's been white hot going into this series that we can keep our eye on? Um, I mean, outside of the net, I mean, Dylan Saints here as a goalie is one that you, yeah. you know, has been hot, uh, but he's been hot all season. But I think, you know, scoring-wise, it's really been Nico Mueller is, is one to watch. He's the senior from Switzerland. Okay. Um, kind of having like a breakout season, like always had a ton of potential. He, he played on the U 20 team for Switzerland, but just, I think the new staff has really gotten a lot out of him this year. Um, and he's been on a tear. I think he had, you know, he had the empty net goal against Norton. He probably had three or four goals last weekend and a couple assists. That whole line has been, has been going. Um, the best thing for them last weekend though, was really all four lines were, were rolling. They might not all have contributed on this, stat sheet but mm-hmm. all four were were rolling really good so um but the one that's been piling points really for the last couple of months is probably nico mueller i think he leads the team in points now which is amazing because oh, wow. i never would have told you that preseason he just was one that just kind of felt like a typical dan cole recruit where there was a lot of potential and it just was never realized and you're just kind gotcha. of like well uh, that was unfortunate but no this the senior year has been great and 
and to the point where you start to be like, can we maybe get a fifth year, get a COVID year out of him and, and see what happens. But uh, no, he's one to watch. Uh, Nico is, is definitely one. There we go. Well, hey, 9 p.m. Eastern time on Big Ten Network. Okay, they, they don't have this on, on Big Ten Network plus eight uh, on the app. Like this, <laughs> this is this is the showtime. We got the primetime slot here. So yep. any final party words before we get you into the weekend here, Jeremy? Really appreciate your time so uh, far. But any, any uh, final words here? Final words. So big, big picture. Um, they could get absolutely blown out Saturday, and it should not disappoint anyone. Uh, okay. It's this – year is so far ahead of schedule <laughs> for where they should be like every like they yeah. should be um they've pretty squarely with a lot less talent moved past Penn State and Wisconsin uh they won the season series with Notre Dame outside of just winning the playoffs they they won the season series um so I mean this is a team that when you can already kind of start to picture like when the talent actually comes to to the next mm-hmm. level where the coaching has come up this year um like sky's the limit at that point. So uh, it's a terrible matchup and you are feeling all the good vibes, but um, you know, the the hard part of being a hockey fan sometimes is as, as we've had like these little spurts of like the program coming back the last 10 years or whatever, like little blips on the radar is they usually, as soon as like a big loss happens, everyone disappears. (laughs) So don't disappear on this one. This one is, there's a ton of a, reason that minnesota is who minnesota is this year um but this team is way ahead of pace and should should really have a great summer heading into next year where you can maybe have some expectations so there we go love it 2025 frozen four with jeremy dewar on the staff as well it's going to be a movie it is going to be a movie jeremy i cannot wait for it but hey this has been awesome man uh getting us all prepped for the weekend and really just hey coming on here here and there throughout the season too what what a ride it's been for those icy Spartans, man, it's, it's been amazing. So really, really do appreciate it, Jeremy. Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, dude, of course, as always. And gang, we will be chatting what happens in the Big Ten tournament coming up, both for basketball and a little bit of hockey as well coming up this weekend. Uh, until then, hey, go enjoy your weekend. Let's go watch some basketball. Let's go watch some hockey. Let's have fun. Love you all. Go Green.